0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my very special guest all the way from Niceville, Florida. She is a badass businesswoman. She is a top producing mortgage loan originator. She is a VA home loan expert, and she's an advocate for Shelter House, Dawn Hoffman. Dawn, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you.
0: Thank you for, uh, for taking the time. So we are on location yet again. I feel like, uh, the T-Loppers who tune in are like, are you guys ever going to do any more shows from your studio office? But here's the thing, uh, Waterstone mortgage is hosting their ninth annual Florida regional sales rally. And you and I live about six hours apart. I've been wanting to do this episode for over a year because here are the requests that I get. Hey Dio, I need some more top producer interviews. Hey, D.O., I would love to see some more women on your show. Hey, D.O., I really need to learn about VA loans. So I've known for a year, Dawn, I'm like, I need to get Dawn. But this little thing called coronavirus kind of got in the way. Yep. So me being the opportunist that I am, see Dawn at dinner last night. She had drove down. I had driven up because we are in Palm Coast, Florida, which is about a, what, a five-hour drive for you. It's about an hour. About hour, six. Oh, about six for you, hour, hour and a half for me. Uh, at beautiful Hammock Beach Resort. And I'm like, hey, Dawn, do you have a half hour, like, you know, from when the conference ends before the big costume event? And she's like, sure, why not? So here's where I want to start. How did you get into the mortgage industry? What, what drug you or brought you or enticed you to enter this wonderful world that we know?
1: So I started as a uh, executive assistant to a regional Uh, vice president for a small savings and loan okay doing administrative type details he knew way before I did that I was gonna be a loan officer eventually Um, and I think he kind of shaped me toward that but um, started working for him doing things doing all the marketing side of the house for uh, 21 loan officers and uh, moved in from there to processing and then uh, finally when I decided to get married Uh, there was an opening for an L.O. in the branch near where my husband lived. And so I took the leap and here I am.
0: So you didn't go to college thinking, I'm going to be, a loan I, officer?
1: I have a degree in history, poli-sci and English and a master's degree in American studies. So no, I did not. <laughs> and in fact, when I go back for my reunions, I, most people are shocked. They're like, you do math for a living. <laughs> you
0: <laughs> yeah, So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? You, you do more than just math though, right? Like we as mortgage loan originators, we fulfill the dream of homeownership. We help people become wealthy.
1: So what I love about the business and what appeals to me in my uh, educational background is this business is all about people. So this is this business is everything about people, their stories, their dreams, and their goals. And that is, that's history. That's, you know, that's who people are.
0: So I've only known you as Don Hall from The Top Producer, right? We've worked together for, I believe, going on eight years now? Mm-hmm. Going on eight years. And when I met you, you were a top producer, right? Like when we hired you over, we were like, this is gonna be amazing. Like, we're going to bring this lady over who is a fantastic person with a great big heart, but she also does a lot of volume and a lot of units. And half of your business is VA loans, right? Help, At least. Help, Helping the active duty military, for the most part, some veterans, but most years are by active duty, uh, in the panhandle of Florida. Knightsville, Florida, for anyone who hasn't got out their Google Maps yet, is basically like an area in between Pensacola and Panama City people tend to know Pensacola or they may maybe spring breaked and party in Panama city. Nice is right in the middle, kind of, um, just across the bridge from like what Fort Walton beach, Destin. Destin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but leaning into you being a top producer, how, how many years did it take you? Like you started off as an executive assistant to some vice president who groomed you, who saw, saw your talent, right. And groomed you, then convinced you gave you the courage to say, Hey, yes, you can do this. At what point when you started doing loans, did it take for you to start doing your two, three, and $4 million a month?
1: Probably about six or seven years. Okay. It what? was, you know, so I came in the business in January of 2005.
0: All right, yeah, that, and that's so, booming.
1: And I worked for a company though that was very conservative. So we oh. didn't do all the stated stated. Yes. And so what I learned to do was first time home buyer loans because you didn't have to compete on rate or do crazy stuff and government loans. Okay. And so when the market collapsed and a bunch of people got out of the business um, because they didn't know how to do anything else, I was the Govy expert. And that year, 2008, was the best year of my career at that point.
0: Wow, that is really cool. I didn't know that because 2008 was, for many people, me included, my worst year. Yeah. I mean, when I go back to 2006, and I kind of came on the scene in 2006. I got started kind of like you in '04. took me a couple years to get started. '06 was like my breakout party. Then '08 was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Nine was slightly better than terrible. And then by '10 we got the train back on the tracks. But you're like, no, no, no. 2008, you had your best year, and Mm -hmm. that's because when you got in, everyone else was doing the sniff test, can you fog a mirror, and I'll give you a loan, and Dawn's like, nah, I'm focusing on down payment assistance, first-time homebuyers, and what's a VA loan? What's an FHA loan? Exactly. Which, kudos, and that's a huge takeaway for anyone who's tuned in. It's like, no, no, no. Master the basics. Yep. Get really good at the loans that are going to be around. Always. Always. Okay, so... So you had a bit of a, of a coming out 2008, mm-hmm. and then just things just, just take off from there. Correct. Okay. Did you do anything different? Like, was there was there ever like a buildup going to it? Or was it just more of, hey, I had longevity, my following organically increased as each year went by, and I, I showed some staying power? Or was there ever like a, a shift where you did one particular action better, or you did more of one particular action?
1: I don't know about that. I think we, we got a good, a big aid in our area because of BRAC.
0: Okay, and And what is BRAC?
1: The Base Realignment Commission, and Eglin, which is the largest air base in the free world, grew. And we added um, a special forces uh, base to Eglin. And so we had a large uh, entrance, we had a large shift of people into our area, and so that were all VA.
0: Gotcha, okay. And,
1: and, And so we tried to really take advantage of that. Number one, get really familiar with who these people are. That are coming in um, when they're coming what their needs are going to be and how to appeal to them as human beings what matters to them most and so i I think i really tried to attend a lot of uh, um, chamber events anytime that there was anybody speaking about seventh group i i made a point to be there and to learn
0: okay so your conscious decision was that when it was announced that they were going to be bringing in X amount of new servicemen and women with their families, Mm -hmm. you're like, wait a minute, there's opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Because so much of, of your success, then it was, uh, longevity. Mm -hmm. It was staying power. When so many others were getting out and you stayed in, when things got hard, you didn't run, you hunkered down and even doubled down. And then when you saw opportunity, then you seized the day. Yep. Right. And that's, it's timing, right? So you took advantage of timing and then obviously did some, um, uh, forward thinking or aggressive maneuvers, but your aggressive maneuvers were like, nah, I just wanted to go hang out where those people were going to be. Mm-hmm. I want to go learn more about what they were doing. And then I wanted to figure out how I can help them. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. And then since then you have just been crushing it year after year, after year, consistently like a machine. Um, most of your business, is it referred like from the military bases themselves, or do you get it referred by realtors? Where is it?
1: So, so about. At least 50, probably 50% of my business is realtor referral. Okay. About 30 to 35% of my business is past client referral.
0: That's which very is a pretty high. high number. That is very high. I'm assuming a ton of refis then. No. No. I
1: do, what, what, uh, I what, do what, very what, little refi. Let,
0: let, let's walk through. You do, I
1: hate refi. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you, you do your 30 to 40 million a year, and your refi percentage is what?
1: Oh, I don't even know, but it's not very much.
0: I'll tell you, it's like 10%. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 10%. Like if you let me coach you, i like, Dawn, look, I know you really don't like refis, but you got to lean into them. Rates are still pretty low. You can still help more people. And you're like, nah, I crush it. Just, you know, like working my, my realtors. Purchases. Yeah. Doing my purchases. What do you do uniquely for uh, your past clients?
1: With something, and I'll admit I've gotten a little slack about it, but I, I, for a long time would send out a card every month to every past client with uh, my my husband is a photographer. I do a little folded card with a picture on it, a quote inside and just a little personal message that's printed up and I send it with a business card to every client. Every month? Every
0: month. That is pretty cool. How much does that cost you?
1: A few hundred bucks. A few hundred you bucks? Know, ma- max, five to $600 a month.
0: Yeah, yeah, so so if you're spending $500 a month times 12 months, it's $6,000. At least the school of uh, math per JC, it's, it's about, it's about $6,000 which is two extra loans a year, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Two extra loans. That's fantastic. All right. I'm gonna switch, switch topics here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change things because now we need to dig into VA home loans. Okay. There are thousands of loan officers who tune in, Mm -hmm. many of which are, are less than two years in the business. They're scared of VA. They don't know where to start with VA. Okay. Talking to a loan officer first and foremost, what would you tell them about a VA home loan?
1: It's the easiest loan in the world to do.
0: Okay, repeat that again. In case someone uh, had a car honking at them when they were listening to this on their drive to work, what is it again?
1: It's the easiest loan to do.
0: Okay, I know nothing about a VA home loan. Where do I start?
1: Ooh. Well, number I guess the best way for me to start is number one, Familiarize yourself with the program okay. and understand that, that VA's mindset is we as lenders are an assistant in administering a benefit that they have earned. Okay, Use, View yourself as a tool of the VA to help veterans take advantage of an entitlement they've earned.
0: Love it. And by the way, it's not just veterans. It's active duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's active duty. A VA home loan is for someone who is currently in the military as well as someone who served our, our military and then, and then has, has exited. Correct. Okay. Um, and there's a word for exited. I use exited. They discharged. Discharged. They discharged. Okay, so familiarize myself with the program and then change my mindset as what, what is my, what am I serving, right? I am, I am an extension of the VA. Correct. If um, so I want to find VA guidelines, you think Google has them?
1: Oh, absolutely. And what would I Google? Google the VA Lender Handbook.
0: The VA Lender Handbook, yeah. And I will
1: tell you, I have read it, cover to cover. Um, my, the person who introduced me to the business, uh, the very first day I was on my job, he said, hey, sit here at this desk and wait for me, and came in with armloads full of manuals, okay. including the VA Lender Handbook, and said, the first thing I want you to do is read all of these, and come get me when
0: you're done. How, how long did that take you?
1: Um, several weeks. Yeah,
0: like you did this... <laughs> At work or at home? At work. Oh, at work. At work. He wanted okay. me.
1: That's what I did every day when I came into work was read that well, Fannie Mae guide, the FHA guide. The Yeah, I read it all.
0: Well, at, at least he was he was paying you mm-hmm. to do so mm-hmm. versus asking to do something all day. And then, oh, by the way, when you go home, I yeah. need you to go no. ahead and crank out. Yeah, don't go play with your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't go work out with your husband. Like, no, nah, I need you to read these manuals. Yeah. Um, very good. So, like, a VA home loan to me is one of my favorite loan products. Mm-hmm. It is... I view what we do is we create financial instruments to help people purchase homes. So to me, the VA home loan is the best financial instrument you can use when it's a low fixed rate that allows maximum financing. I'm talking 100% financing. Many lenders out there can do 100% financing up to $1 million has no monthly mortgage insurance. Yep. Now it does have a VA funding fee. Maybe, maybe, if it's a veteran's disabled, then there is no VA, there is no funding. If fee. they're active
1: duty and they've reserved a Purple Heart, they're exempt.
0: Ooh, I learned something new. That's why you're on here dropping some knowledge. Active duty, received a Purple Heart. Correct. Okay. That was uh, part of the Blue Water. Was it part of the Blue Water Act? Yes, yeah, so the Blue Water Act. For um, not to go, like dive down a, a, a rabbit hole, but the Blue Water made VA home loan lending um, a lot more accessible mm-hmm. and it also increased the maximum loan amount for someone to, to do 100% financing. Correct. Now, a VA home loan, look, it's for veterans and their children. No, no, not their children. No. Just the veteran. Just the veteran. And their spouse.
1: Surviving spouse.
0: Okay. But if I'm a veteran, I want to go buy a home with my girlfriend. I can do it. You can, but I want hundred percent financing. No. Okay. Yes. Unless
1: that person also has entitlement.
0: Okay, there we go. If my girlfriend also is active duty or my girlfriend also is is uh, a, 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 a discharged veteran qualified with uh, full full um, entitlement, then, then we could do it. But for the most part, I think what people, I, I would want someone to know is that, hey, look, when you're doing a VA home loan, these are kind of the basics I try to teach. If it ends in A, FHA, VA, USDA, it's for primary homes. Yep. And on a VA home loan, it's for the veteran and spouse. If you want hundred percent financing, it's not for, Oh, just the spouse. And it's not just for, Oh, me and my girlfriend. And I can't go buy a second home condo and I can't go buy an investment property. Um, it's so that I can go buy a primary home. Correct. Yeah. But I can use hundred percent financing. Correct. Even if I had like 20% to put down, I might not want to, because if I'm borrowing at 3%, I'm not paying monthly mortgage insurance. Why wouldn't I want to take that 80 grand and possibly, I don't know, uh, open up an IRA. Maybe I wanted to uh, fund my kid's college savings fund. Maybe the home needs a pool, right? For that reason is why I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from when I'm qualifying someone uh, or I'm dealing with with active duty, what are some, some early pitfalls that, hey, someone's tuning in, they want to do more VA loans. What's some recommendations that you would tell them, hey, you need to learn this or you need to go seek out more information regarding X? What would that X be? Like, like like off camera, how how important is it that I know rank?
1: I think it's helpful to know rank. I, I think I think one of the things that means a lot to active duty and veterans is respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing rank, knowing how to address somebody, knowing a little bit of the language of that world, what TLF is. Uh, what is TLF? Is temporary housing if they're moving. Okay. Um, You know, knowing what BAH is, knowing what BAS is, knowing um, so
0: one is housing Mm -hmm. and one is food Subsistence. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. but what does actual BAH stand for? Do you know? Is it base allowed housing? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's base allowed housing. Yeah, uh, or basic, maybe basic. Basic housing. It's
1: basic housing allowance or basic allowance for housing. I
0: think. Um, And then uh, because that's part of their pay. Correct. As is BAS. Yep, which is substance. Mm -hmm. So when someone is qualifying a veteran, or I'm sorry, an active duty, it wouldn't be a Mm -hmm. veteran. Veteran wouldn't have this activity, would. Not only do they have their base pay, but we also have BAH and BAS, and we can use that to help them qualify.
1: So the one thing, I guess one thing I would tell people, and I've seen this messed up by newer loan officers and gotten picked up their loan because of it, is somebody who is living, say, say you have an E-4, you have a young air, air person, airman, I say airman because we deal mostly with Air Force at where we are. I have i young airman living in the dorm. So they're only getting base pay at that point. They don't get the other incomes. So when, But when they move out, they will. Okay. So I've ha- some new LOs don't realize you can qualify them with the BAH and BAS even though they aren't getting it yet.
0: I did not know that. I was today years old when I learned that particular uh, quirk, which you're saying, hey, guys and girls, I've actually taken loans that you turned down. I have gotten this person qualified because you're looking at their, by the way, ready, it's not a pay stub.
1: They're LES. Yeah,
0: they're LES, their leave and earning statement. Correct. Right? LES, leave earning statement. Uh, That's what someone in active duty has. So if you're dealing with active duty military, don't ask them for the pay stub. Maybe ask for their spouse's pay stub if their spouse is not active duty, but for them, you want to ask for their LES. Correct. And on their LES, you're going to have their base pay. Some will have what's called BAH, that's additional income. Mm-hmm. Some will have BAS, additional income, but there's some like that E4 airman who's living in the dorm on base. He currently doesn't have a BAH, but the minute he moves out of the dorm, he, he'll, he'll he's eligible. It. That is fantastic. And By the way, E four tells me it's enlisted mm-hmm. and four, like, I just think it starts at a one, like one is the, the low man or woman on the totem pole, as low as you can go grunt. E one, two, three, four, all the way to nine. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to O, which is officer. Correct. Right. So I think it's good for anyone who is dealing with active duty, but even the veterans, like when I'm building a report with someone, I'm like, Oh, what branch of the military did you serve? Right. Oh, what was your, what was your rank? Now for me, because I, I don't serve that community as much, or uh, I don't have a spouse that did, and I, I was never enlisted myself, they'll then say, oh, I was a, you know, uh, Lieutenant first class. And I was like, uh, is that an E6? You know, like I'm kind of joking, but I think they respect the fact that I knew something about what they do. Um, like I even ask them like, oh, what was your MOS, right? What was your method of service? Because everyone who, who enlists, they have their method of service, and they also have, like, that, which is the job that, that, they, that they work. And then they also have, like, what they would have to be called upon in battle, right. which sometimes it correlates, mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't. Like, well, I was an infantryman, right? So, oh, I was, I was E3, but I'm like, well, what was your MOS? Oh, I did logistics. Um, now, I always get stumped when I'm like, oh, what was your MOS? And they're like, oh, I was 3rd Battalion Alpha Company. And I'm like, crickets. Uh, uh, like, I don't speak so that language. So I usually language. say,
1: what did you do? What did you do? What did you do in the military? Yeah. And then sometimes, and I, I've never had a bad reaction from this. In civilian world, in the civilian world, what does that mean? You know, because yeah. I'm an engineer. Okay, but what does that yeah. mean? And and I've gotten some pretty fun
0: yeah. answers. I, I fixed tanks after they uh, got I, shot I, at. I, what what, I what built, was one of your best ones? Well,
1: I don't want to curse, but, oh. um, oh, I, I knew all the time. Oh, okay. So it's okay. Well, so good. Okay. So, yeah. uh, the one answer was I build things and blow shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes. well,
0: okay. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, back on the underwriting piece. Cause I, I think it's imperative for, again, people tuning in, people trying to learn wanting to do this. VA loans are underwritten a little bit different. They right? are.
1: And part of that is the mindset of VA, which is if it makes sense, if you can make it make sense, do it. Okay. Our job is to help veterans take advantage of their entitlement that they've earned. So if we can make it make sense, they will generally sign off on it. Yeah, so it, it's a much more generous uh, loan to deal with as far as underwriting. Yeah.
0: Cause if, if I'm doing a Fannie Freddie FHA, like I know I'm Fannie and Freddie, I'm probably not going to get anything over a 45 or 50% debt income ratio approved. Mm-hmm. If I'm on an FHA, I'm no, Hey, 45 max front, 55 max back. But on VA, I've been able to get 63%, 67% DTIs through AUS, but that's because the VA has a certain way of calculating income, which they use uh, residual income. Correct. Walk me through what is a residual income calculation? Because I think if I'm a loan officer and I want to do VA home loans, I need to understand this. I need to understand what is residual income? What do I have to do? Because it's an additional step that's not required on any other loan product that we originate.
1: No, but it's the reason that VA has one of the lowest foreclosure rates, or if not the lowest foreclosure rate.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, because for our realtors and our builders who are tuning in, who don't like this product for all the wrong reasons, one, shame on you. Honestly, shame on you, because look at the community we're trying to serve. For one, okay, little soapbox, I apologize. But two, listen to what Dawn just said. It has one of the lowest foreclosure rates, default rates of any loan, although it allows for 100% financing. Yep. Right. Like
1: with no mortgage, insurance. Yeah, with
0: no mortgage insurance and, and we can do low FICO's with them and we can do pretty quickly after things like foreclosure and in short sale and bankruptcy, like one of the quickest, like one of the quickest wait periods is on a VA home loan. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of residual income calculations, they have figured out, the Department of Veteran Affairs has figured out, no, this is the better way to qualify someone. It's not necessarily their DTI is 45 or 65. It's no. How much money do they have left over after all their bills are paid? Yep. What What would you want to tell a, a younger in their profession or an inex- a loan officer who's inexperienced with, with VA? What are some tips, tricks uh, about the residual income calculation?
1: Make sure that, so VA makes you count maintenance costs. So... Uh, make sure that you include that maintenance cost in your qualification. So that's what your you know, assumption what you're going to pay for electric, uh, gas, whatever. And it's 14 cents. Uh,
0: per square foot or something? Per,
1: yeah. So, so I always just do whatever, $350 yep. you know in uh, a month. That's then subtracted. And then there's websites out there. Get the um, estimate on the federal taxes okay. so that you deduct those and make sure that you're using really good
0: numbers. Yeah. So that's on, and that's that pre-approval. Like when you're mm-hmm. pre-approving someone for a VA home loan, you need to figure out and understand how to complete a residual income calculation, yep. whether you, you yeah. utilize a, a, a software like encompass or you're on Byte or you're on Calix um, or go to the old interweb, go to Google and Google VA residual income calculation. I'm sure there's a, there's a website that you can work through. And uh, it'll it'll help you out. What are some of your favorite? You mentioned websites. What are some of your favorite resources when when you're trying to originate home loans? And maybe you come up against a, a particular question or a scenario that you you don't necessarily know how to work around. Where, where, where do you go? Like like like, is there a particular? I mean, website.
1: So for taxes, I use Paycheck City. Okay. And it has, you choose the state, you enter their gross monthly income, their family size, so it does the deductions for you. And then I use those numbers that that makes things quick and easy for me without having to get their pay stub or go to the crazy charts that are in the VA handbook. Um, Yeah. So
0: what's that that website again? Paycheck City. Okay. What if I'm having an issue with a particular, like I have a question on a VA home loan? Maybe I'm having a dispute with my VA underwriter. So,
1: uh, and I do this a lot um
0: dispute your underwriter mm-hmm. high five you're supposed so, to you're an um, advocate for your borrower
1: what i do is uh, a lot of times i'll email i have some contacts at va because okay. i've gone to training with them and i will tell you that in non-covid times va does an annual conference um generally used to be for lenders now they invite appraisers they invite a number of people go okay go if it's it doesn't matter what it costs you go because you i learn something every time and I'm a, I'm a better loan officer for it. So, and it gives me tools to, to challenge the underwriter, but you make contacts, you meet the top people. And I've literally talked to the man running VA and said, Hey, here's a problem I'm having. He's like, that's not acceptable. Tell me what your name and number is. Who is this that you're having issues with? And we're going to fix that.
0: That's awesome.
1: You go. That's all I can say.
0: On my end, it was always the regional Homeland Center.
1: And that's, you meet, so at this conference is every, is a representative from every single uh, regional home loan center.
0: Yep. So I, I, I was an originator in Orlando, Florida. And so for us, it was nice because St. Petersburg is only a hundred miles away, right? But it's still, I couldn't drive there, but I could pick up the phone. They were in my time zone. They're, you know, for the most part, they're central Florida as well. But I found just by picking up the phone and calling the regional home loan center, it, they're the most helpful, responsive people. And if they ever weren't, I learned pretty quickly the conference call with the veteran on the phone. Yeah. Oh man. That's like, you know, getting dad. I'm gonna tell dad. Oh, okay. But it works, mm-hmm. but you normally don't need to do that. Mm-mm. Um, so for me, that was always my go-to. Um, now for me, I'm just, this is why you're on the show and, and I couldn't do it alone. I can't do the residual income calculator. Like, like I need to go and utilize some of those tools that, that you were talking about because you are forced to factor in things like childcare.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right,
0: you are, like, which you don't have to do on any other loan. You are forced to factor in, actually deduct from the income what the person pays in federal taxes. You have to deduct from their income uh, how much the home's estimated maintenance is, which you said the calculation is take the square footage of the house, times it by 14 cents. Mm-hmm. Right. And roughly depending on most homes, it's around three hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's something so corporate. Mm-hmm. It's something that could, could catch someone because the VA lists how much money you should have left over after your bills are paid per your family size. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right? Is is it go like how does it go? Two, three, four, like that, like two member household, three it's, member? It's
1: one, two, three, four, five, and then they have an adjustment for every one over five up to eight, I think. So
0: the VA and their actuary Mm scientists they're super smart people who who study risk they have come up with a formula that states if you're a two-person household you should have x amount of dollars after you pay all your bills and then if you're a three a four all the way to a six then that number goes up and they're requiring me to have at a minimum that number correct correct what if i don't have that number that's a problem (laughs) but what if i have great credit score and what if i have um no debt but for whatever reason, besides this mortgage, or I have minimal debt, and I and I still I have let's take debt. Out of it. I have a good debt to income ratio. My debt to income ratio is a forty one, but I can't meet the residual income.
1: I I don't know that you ever would be in that situation. Okay, um, because your part of your your debt to income is. You know, is calculated. So if you're at 41, you're you're gonna have the residual. It's four hundred and forty one dollars in the South for one person household. It's not it's not a okay. ton of money. Okay. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is if you're active duty or you're a disabled veteran, you um, the residual income is not the same. You can actually count ninety-five percent. And the reason for that is those individuals have access to the commissary and they have a- access to shopping on base, which is less expensive, and so you don't have to count the full amount. I think my drop. <laughs> I think I learned
0: something again.
1: DU and LP, I think now pick this up, but not always. And okay. so if you if you run into that and it says you don't have enough residual income and you know that they're a 100% disabled veteran, look and yeah. make sure, and then that's part of what you can use if you have to do a manual.
0: Yeah, so for our more seasoned veterans they are geeking out right now like I am, (laughs) right? But if you're newer to the industry, I think the point that we're trying to get across is, hey, stop, take a step back and a deep breath. When you're originating a VA loan, which you should be doing a lot of them, it's the best financial instrument out there for those that qualify or uh, are eligible. Um, You have to understand there's a VA residual income calculation. And if you don't, for whatever reason, have 100% of what's required, you can't move forward. But... If you have 120% of what's required, that's where we start seeing these expanded approvals of right. 63% DTIs, because maybe someone has a good credit score, a good body of credit, and they have like 140% of residual income, VA is going to raise their hand and say, I don't care about their DTI. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they have a good credit history with a with a good credit rating and all this extra income left over after they pay all their bills. Yep. Awesome. Sauce. Okay. I'm trying to figure out like what to unpack next because uh, a you and I do have a costume party to get to tonight. We have some celebrating to do. They have a DJ coming in and we could sit here for four or five hours. We could just go back and forth like two lone nerds talk, talking about VA home loans. I'm, I'm trying to figure out appraisals, VA appraisals. Can you give me your elevator pitch on a VA appraisal compared to your standard conforming appraisal or your FHA appraisal? Well,
1: so typically a VA appraisal is what uh, a realtor or a builder might say. I don't want to, I don't want to accept that financing yes, because why? the appraisal is so hard oh. and it's nonsense. Um, and, and, and part of that is VA has changed their rules radically um, Recent- because they realized, you know, when the housing market collapsed, mm-hmm. a lot of veterans were left out of the market um, with the build up and then with all these foreclosures that needed some work. okay. And VA realized that their stipu- their requirements for the property were too tough and they were hurting veterans rather than helping them and that they needed to change. And so they did. So really on an, a VA appraisal, number one, the best thing is in this market, the timeline, in our area, in Florida, they have seven business days to complete that appraisal once it's ordered. So it's not four weeks or whatever on conventional or FHA. So you have seven business days. They are looking at collateral value, but they're also looking at major safety security things. Not not little piddly things but if there's a leak in the roof obviously we don't want a veteran in a home that's not safe and secure well, If a leak
0: in the roof it's not going to go through conventional or FHA either either
1: correct yeah. so th- there's really no difference i i personally prefer it um i view it as a, a layer of protection for my veteran okay uh for my client that um we're all looking out for them to make sure they're going to be in a safe secure home that is valued where it should be
0: so you call bs
1: Yeah, For the most part, you're like,
0: look, it's an appraisal Mm -hmm. and it's a good appraisal and it's a fair valuation. And by the way, the VA appraisal process to me is one of the more true Mm -hmm. valuation methods. But at the end of the day, there's no reason not to accept an offer because of VA appraisal, especially when you're saying once that appraisal is ordered, it's seven days. It's seven days before they do the appraisal, but then they have another, what, probably a week or two to get the appraisal back?
1: No, that's the delivery time.
0: The delivery time. Seven
1: business days is the delivery time. From
0: when they accept the order or seven days when they go out and see the property? When it's assigned. But when it's assigned, get out of town. I learned something new on that when one as well. Yeah. Then what happens? Honestly, I've had appraisals take me three weeks. Yeah. Why?
1: Because you have a bad appraiser. No. But, so, <laughs> it so may be that they couldn't get access to the property. Okay. We've had a lot of that with COVID. Can't, yeah. You can't get in the property. Maybe but, but you're saying when whatever.
0: that appraisal takes three weeks. There's a problem. That the appraiser actually didn't live up to his or her responsibilities as a designated VA appraiser.
1: And you should absolutely complain to VA. And the veteran okay. should complain to VA. Because they now, and this is, a lot of people don't know this. VA has changed how they deal with VA appraisers. So in our market, we have some that are known by name. And everybody's like, oh. Kill the deal, you yeah. know, whoever. Yeah. And um, that has changed. So VA appraisers are on a scorecard now. And so they have, you know, points for delivering that appraisal on time, points for the number of reinspects, points for complaints points for if uh, so VA I also like go VA. Department
0: of Veteran Affairs I That's like fantastic
1: the uh, appraisal because there is a very clear-cut dispute process which you don't have with conventional and FHA so if the appraisal is coming in low you're going to get a Tidewater notice the, the appraiser is required to let you know and then give you 48 hours to provide additional comps or maybe upgrade information that the seller has done and side note if the seller has done energy efficient improvements VA really likes that
0: okay side note VA loves energy
1: efficient, efficient improvements efficient improvement, to the house
0: but i want to circle back and, and reiterate tidewater i love VA appraisers appraisals because of tidewater i know some people are like oh my god i got another tidewater for those that don't know what tidewater is basically if the VA appraiser suspects or understands that the appraisal is going to come in lower than the contract price instead of operating the way most conventional or FHA appraisers do, which is you get an email in your inbox, you open it up and it's like, uh, we came in under value. No, they give you a heads up. They have to legally. Hey, FYI, uh, this is going to come in under value. Do you have supporting documentation that maybe I'm not seeing? Correct. At which point you may be like, Hey, seller, have you made any improvements? Uh, and by the way, are any of those improvements energy efficient? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another reason why a VA appraiser may actually be better, definitely not worse, mm-hmm. and there's no reason for it to be vilified the way that a lot of the real estate and home builder community does. And maybe it's because at one point it could have been, you know, it may, maybe sure. you know, perception is reality. Maybe back in the day, but you're saying no, that's not the case anymore. Not at all. Not at all.
1: Not only that, if you if you get your Tidewater notice, you provide the appraiser with that information, and they come in still low, and everybody feels, all the parties in the transaction feel like that's not, that's still not correct, you can then go to your regional loan center and say, hey, we think this is wrong, and here's the supporting document we have, and they have a appraisal department that will review that information, and they may or may not increase the value for you, and I've had many times where they have increased the value.
0: Yeah, no, um, as have we, I, mm-hmm. I've probably had my best Success disputing VA appraisal value versus any other oh, appraisal absolutely. value. Yeah. Um, all right. So we need a rapid fire. Mm-hmm. We need a rapid fire. Then we can uh, shout out Shelter House, let people know about it, let people know how they can uh, how they can uh, contribute or participate. Especially if they love this episode and they're grateful for you taking the time the way that I'm grateful for you taking the time. But things that we didn't do, that we didn't talk about that we probably need to somehow cover. Okay. We didn't talk about uh, COEs. We didn't talk about DD 214s We didn't talk about the fact that like, hey, just because you're a veteran and you're eligible doesn't mean you qualify, you still have to qualify. We didn't talk about whether or not someone could have multiple VA loans or could they have multiple VA loans at the same time? So where do you wanna start? You wanna start with, uh, let me just ask you the basics. Okay. What is a COE and is it required?
1: It's a certificate of eligibility and yes, it is required. And any lender worth their salt will pull it right up front
0: there you go ladies and gentlemen so you are talking to a this would be a veteran right because active duty wouldn't have a coe correct they all have have coes active duty doesn't have a dd 214 which we're going to come to so coe stands for a certificate of eligibility doesn't mean you're you're approved it just means you're eligible for this particular loan and you as a lender at pre-approval whether you do it or your processor does it or you have a loan officer assistant who does it someone needs to be pulling that through the VA portal, correct? correct? Correct. Um, to where you can make sure that your veteran is actually eligible. Correct. Because not every person would be eligible, right? Maybe they haven't um uh, done enough time, right? Maybe they did something where they got in trouble.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Um they were Maybe dishonorably they discharged. Or they had a VA home loan back in the day that foreclosed and they didn't um handle that foreclosure responsibly. Because just because I had a VA home loan that foreclosed doesn't mean that I lost all my eligibility? Or do I at least lose some? You lose some. I lose some. Okay. But just because I had one doesn't mean I can't obtain a new one. It just means that when I obtain a new home loan, I have to be careful with how much eligibility because that's going to impact how big of a loan amount I can obtain. Correct. Okay. So a COE or certificate of eligibility, that's like part of the starter kit. That's part of VA Home Loans 101. You got to figure out what one is and what it does.
1: The nice thing about the COE also is, and this is for veterans, if they are if they receive disability, VA has updated that and they now put the disability income on the COE, and that is your verification yes, of income. Yes,
0: because the VA Home Loan does have a funding fee unless you are active duty Purple Heart recipient or you are disabled. It doesn't matter if it's ten percent disability or one hundred percent disability. If you receive disability from the VA, it'll show up on your COE, and that means you don't have to pay the funding fee because the funding fee can be I mean two point What is it uh, first time use is typically what 2.2 percent 2.3 percent 2.3 2.3 percent. but if i want to obtain a second va home loan because maybe i had one 10 years ago i paid it off and now i'm uh, buying another house my my funding fee is going to be how much 3.6%. 3.6
1: percent 3.6 yeah that
0: just went up didn't it yeah yeah that went up but it's financed in it is financed into the loan amount so it's not something the veteran has to come out of pocket But again, if you're newer and you're learning this product for the first time, you have to, when you're reading the VA handbook, the way that Dawn did when she got started, uh, you need to make sure that that you're understanding what the funding fee is. You need to understand that they vary. Like if a veteran puts down money, the funding fee can go down. Uh, If it's a subsequent use, if it's a refinance, like there's a chart. You can Google VA funding fee chart. Just do yourself a favor and make sure you check the date that's in like eight font at the very bottom to make sure you are looking at the most recent chart. Uh, because these things do change. All right. So COE would cover that. DD two fourteen. What the heck is it? Well,
1: that's the discharge paperwork.
0: Is okay. It? So I'm active duty. I have a DD two fourteen. No. No, that's a trick question. Almost got you. <laughs> no. If I'm active duty, why well, would I have a discharge paperwork? Uh, but if unless a,
1: you're a reservist. Okay. And you get multiple. Okay. Uh, DD two fourteen. So if you're activated. And you serve and like go overseas, you'll have it. You'll have multiple DD two, two fourteen. Yeah,
0: no, I have a, a cousin who uh, was enlisted uh, with the Navy and then did OCS with the Marine Corps and had like a two year hiatus. So he actually had a DD two fourteen from his from uh, being a CB in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but most people, look, it's like a rookie mistake that we all go through. Here's a couple rookie mistakes. When I mean rookie, like you haven't done many VA loans. When you ask ask active duty for a pay stub, that's a rookie mistake. All right. And when you ask active duty for a DD-214, no, that's for people who are veterans because they're discharge paperwork. Correct. And that DD-214 is imperative or it's important because why? Like what, what makes that document, I know it's on a checklist that I have to get, but why why is the DD-214 the DD um, like a, a requirement? It's
1: gonna tell you their time of service. Okay. And so you'll know if they're eligible or not based on time of service. So although now it's easier to just try to pull a COE. Well,
0: correct. And that, that
1: Now I will say, from a human human standpoint, I like the DD 214 because there's a lot of information on there, and it tells you who this person is. So, like, I, if I'm looking at this DD 214 and I see that this person's a Silver Star recipient, I wanna I wanna recognize them, and I might call their realtor and say, Hey, do you know who this is? Like, this what, is somebody what, who what is.
0: What is what is a Silver Star recipient?
1: This is somebody who's gone served heroically. Okay. Been you know, I, in fact, I had a client who was. Um, the only living member of the air force to have two silver stars. He, he was unbelievable, okay. you know, he, this is a, a hero yeah. and you want to treat them appropriately.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, that's so cool. That is such a good reason because the technician in me says, yes, I know that for the most part with technology in today's day and age, I can just order a COE like that, but sometimes the COE doesn't come back. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're relying on technology. Sometimes there's a, a record keeping error and it's not in the system. At which point I need the DD two fourteen because I need to send that old school yep. to, 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 the, VA. to to VA so that VA can then give me a COE. Mm-hmm. But I loved your answer. Your answer is no. You want to get to know who who your borrower is. You want to really connect with them on a human level. Check out their DD two fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Because it, it does. Uh, it, it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, from when they were born to their birth date to the years of service to I think their rank, their title, mm-hmm. where they served. Like
1: where they where they were um where their entry point is to the military when they joined the military yeah. where they lived. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, so we nailed uh, COE. We, la- we nailed DD214. I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to make sure we hit from a high-level standpoint.
1: So I think from a, I guess high-level, but it could get really into detail, is, and you mentioned it, the most forgiving. So like things like if they've had a short sale, if they didn't go late on the payment, they can close on a new purchase the next day. What?
0: Hold on. So if I had a short sale and I never missed a payment, But in basically a short sale is for those that don't know, I owed more than what the home was worth. So I had to sell it and I had to ask my bank to forgive whatever that difference was, right? So I owed 200, the home was only worth 150, Mm -hmm. but the bank's like, yeah, you know what, Dustin, you can sell the house, just pay us the 150 and then you can go on your merry way. Some loan programs are going to make me wait two, three, four years. VA says, nope, you you can buy one tomorrow.
1: If you didn't go late.
0: If I didn't go late?
1: If you did go late, VA wants to sh- see that you've rented and paid rent on time for 12 months. That's, That's all they it. care about, 12 months.
0: Wow, how about foreclosures?
1: Um, foreclosure uh, bankruptcy is one year with extenuating circumstances. Okay, uh, two like year, two extenuating years ago.
0: circumstances, uh, my wife was battling cancer, she couldn't work, we fell behind on her bills, ended up losing our house.
1: Yeah, a past client of mine who uh, was a retired colonel, uh, had, a, had his own business, Developed Parkinson's disease, ha- hired a business manager to run his business. The guy embezzled all of his money, and his, he lost his business. He had to file bankruptcy. Um, we did a one-year extenuating circumstance.
0: Program. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he couldn't yeah. have prevented Parkinson's. No. It wasn't financial mismanagement. I know something. I was going to do some of the layups. I've I've already had a V. I've already used my VA loan. I can't use it again. Of course you can. Of course I can. Is there a limit
1: to the number of times you can use yeah. it?
0: I love to move Dawn. Every two years I'm packing up and Michelle and I are, we're going to go to Colorado, then we're going to go to Utah, then back to Florida. And every single time we do it, I want to sell my house and buy a new one. And every time I buy a new one, I want to do 100% financing. I want to use my my VA home loan.
1: As long as you sell the house, that's fine.
0: So so you're telling me that throughout my lifetime, I can have 10, 15 VA home loans. Absolutely. Okay. How about this? I really love my home in Florida. Mm -hmm. I bought it like 20 years ago and I got this thing for like 200 grand. It's worth like 500. And I want to come back to Orlando sometimes, but I really want to get to Colorado. Can I move to Colorado and still get a VA home loan on my home out there while keeping my home in Florida? Absolutely. So I'm going to have two VA loans at one time.
1: That's fine. And the reason for that is VA, the program is designed for active duty military. And their understanding is you're going to PCS to another location and they don't want to hold you up having to sell a property in order to buy a new property or your new duty station. So you can have actually up to three VA loans at one time, as long as you have sufficient entitlement. S-
0: sufficient entitlement. And that's where that COE comes into play because that COE is going to let me know as a lender, Hey, I can lend you, but up to this amount, if you want a hundred percent financing, if you want a higher loan amount, that's fine, but there's a new calculation I'm gonna have to figure out and I'll tell you how much money you need to put down. Right. But you can have, multiple VA home loans outstanding at the same time, you just had to, to be careful because it's going to impact some of your eligibility. It may prevent you from being able to do 100% financing. I Correct. think that's something for someone, to you should know that. That is a you, you should know moment. I love talking to someone like you, Don, who's a VA home loan expert. You use the term PCS. What does PCS stand for?
1: Oh, permanent change of duty station.
0: Permanent change of duty station. Yeah, you can tell that you are ingrained in that culture. Did you ever serve our military? I did not. You did not. Yep, so you're a civilian,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who because of who you serve, you speak their language now.
1: I try to, my husband served. So. Okay,
0: so that helps. Mm-hmm. So every day you go, you sleep next to someone who did. So maybe through osmosis, you picked up <laughs> a few things. So. Uh, no, I think it's fantastic. Um, look. I'm so grateful, A, to be your friend, to be your colleague, but that I was able to convince you last night to say, yeah, you know what? I won't go back to my room and change. and I won't go to the free cocktail hour. I'll take a half hour, 45 minutes out of, out of my day to do this because you're doing it for me, but you're doing it for them, right? Like like this is something that's going to now last on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on Stitcher. Literally anywhere where you can listen to to uh, audio podcast. The Loan Officer Podcast is there. If you like to watch us, people are going to watch us and they're going to go on YouTube and the channel is The Loan Officer Podcast and you can subscribe and you can like, and you can comment and you can share. And by the way, we actually promote you to do that. We want you to do that. Please do that. John and I have fun doing this. We love having guests like you on, but we can only continue doing it. If the audience continues to grow, John right now is actually working on a website, nice. tloponline.com or theloanofficerpodcast.com because people want more content. Good. Well, we don't have enough time to necessarily do like one podcast a day. We're good doing two podcasts uh, a week. So hopefully the website will be a place that people can go as well. Um, and on that website, once it's up and running, I would love to be able to show my gratitude towards the guest and, and help promote the things that they care most about. So I'm gonna do this with you right now. What can you tell us about shelter house? your involvement, what they, what they do, and if someone wanted to show their gratitude and maybe make a donation to Shelter House as a way to say thank you for your time, how would they do so?
1: So I, I am currently the board president for Shelter House, which is the Domestic Violence and Sexual Violence uh, uh, Advocacy Center in Northwest Florida for Okaloosa and Walton counties. And I got involved in that primarily because the leading cause of homelessness among women is domestic violence. So it, it was a cause that touched my heart and tied in with my work, and um, that's how I got involved. I've started volunteering, actually teaching classes on credit and home ownership. Oh, how cool! And um, just got more and more involved. So um, we, we of course with COVID are always in need of help, and every domestic violence shelter across the country is in need of help. Um, daily supplies because we operate an emergency shelter we're one of the we're one of a growing number of shelters that we actually have a pet shelter as part so oh. that leaving behind a pet is not a reason to stay in a in a horrific situation so um, you can help by donating supplies every I'm sure every domestic violence shelter has a wish list that's on their website I know ours is for shelter house of Northwest Florida Wait, what's the website uh, I
0: you're going to ask me and I'm not going to know <laughs> it off the top what? of my head. Google knows it, no, right? Yep. Shelter House of Northwest Florida.
1: And so little things like you, when you don't think about, but if you're operating an emergency shelter, that's a house. And so we need cleaning supplies. Yeah. And during COVID, when you can only buy one or two, oh. that's hard in an emergency and shelter. And probably toiletries. Exactly. And,
0: and probably basic necessities when it comes to La- clothing. Laundry supplies. Because yes.
1: when people leave, they generally only take what they have on their back or maybe one or two outfits that they throw in a bag as they're rushing out the door. Um, so they wash clothes a lot. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the big, awesome needs.
0: Um, you're amazing. Thank you so much. She's Dawn Hoffman, top producing loan officer with Waterstone Mortgage. I'm Dustin Owen, the host of the loan officer podcast. That is all the time we have for you today. We will catch you on the next episode.